Welcome back to the Raise the Apple podcast. What is going on, everyone? We have a lot to talk about, a lot of free agency happening. The hot stove is starting to heat up a lot. A couple big names are finally off the board. But most importantly, we got two updates with the Mets. The first one was a trade. The second one is uh, not happy news. But we're going to go more in depth on that in a second. The trade was a three-team trade. So the main part of the trade is the San Diego Padres received Joe Musgrove from the Pittsburgh Pirates. The Pirates are getting a bunch of prospects from Pittsburgh and one prospect from the Mets. Uh, the Mets also were involved in this deal in the fact that they got starting pitcher Joey Lucchesi, Lucchesi, I apologize if I said that wrong. Lucchesi is actually a very good get for the Mets, a very sneaky good get for the Mets. He hasn't really been, you know, like all-star caliber, but he has shown glimpses where he glimpses where he's been really good. And I think the Mets certainly could plug him in in the back end of the rotation, certainly could use him as a if they decide to as a long reliever out of the bullpen, but this has the potential to be one of those trades that cost him barely anything and can have great 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 potential upside. Right now, it looks like he will be in the ro- uh in competing with Steven Matz for the fifth spot in the rotation. If Matz beats him out or he beats Matz out, the other one will most likely be the first guy out of the, or the long reliever out of the bullpen. But this is, again, one of those moves for the Mets that has the potential to have g- tremendous upside. Uh, great move for the Padres. Their, their rotation is starting to look pretty solid. It's going to consist of Darvish, Blake Snell, Chris Paddock, Dinlison, Lamette, and now Joe Musgrove plugging in at the number five spot. And then you'll have Clevenger come back next year from Tommy John. And if Clevenger comes, when Clevenger comes back, you potentially could have a rotation of Snell, Darvish, Clevenger, Lamette, and either Musgrove or Chris Paddock. That's a pretty solid one through five. I still don't think that the Padres are there with the Dodgers in terms of NLS. And I only say that because I think the Padres still need a little bit more in the bullpen. I think they need maybe one or two more guys in the bullpen, and I think they could really go toe-to-toe with the Dodgers. Offensively, I think they're there, uh, led by Tatis and Machado. Their starting rotation is starting to come together really nicely. I just think they need a little bit more help in that bullpen before, I mean, don't get me wrong. The Padres are definitely going to be a threat to the Dodgers and be in that wild card picture all year long and probably will get a wild card spot. But I I still need to see a little bit more in the Padres bullpen before I see them going game for game with the Dodgers. It's at the end, that's my personal opinion. The Dodger, The Padres could very well prove me wrong. You know, they proved me wrong last year when I said they were slightly overrated. I I just, last year I thought they were, and they, they're not really that overrated. They have a really solid lineup very quickly coming together. So good things are happening out in San Diego. Not good things are happening in Queens. Mets fans, we, oh God, this is just infuriating. We have lost our general manager. Jared Porter was fired earlier this week over allegedly sending inappropriate text messages 
to a female reporter a few years ago. Oh, this is just ugly. Now, before I give you the backstory, the Mets really had no other choice but to fire Jared Porter for this. If they did not fire Jared Porter, the backlash from fans and the media would have been horrific. They had no choice but to fire him. And in my in my opinion, they made they made the right decision. You ha- this isn't something that you can really tolerate. So what happened back in 2016 when Jared Porter was a scout for the Cubs in the Cubs organization? He met a woman in an elevator at Yankee Stadium. They began a casual conversation back and forth. You know, just like the talking stages. They were just talking back and forth. Then. Jared, Jared allegedly, I say allegedly because I have not firsthand seen these texts. I'm just telling you what I read off Jeff Passan's story on ESPN. Sent messages back and forth. Then he began complimenting her appearance, saying that he should meet up with, she should meet up with him in various cities. And then she, he, eventually 62 text messages were left unread by this reporter that Jared Porter had sent. Then Jared Porter sent a picture of a bulge in his groin area with his pants on, and then sent a picture of a naked, fully erect groin area. Oh, that's just, that's gross. It's just an awful situation for the Mets to be a part of. Out of nowhere, Jeff Passage just bo- drops a bombshell. It's like 11 o'clock at night, and then all of a sudden Jeff Passage drops a story that he sent inappropriate picture to this reporter and it is just the 62 unread text messages should have been the hint a hint to Jared Porter but obviously that was not a hint to Jared Porter and then uh the woman sent him back that it was inappropriate for him to send him that and then there was a string of texts of him apologizing for sending that now the big story comes in with the fact that this incident happened in 2016 Now, people are asking, why did it come out now? The story that I've been seeing at why it came out now is because this reporter is no longer involved in baseball. And that is why the story came out now and not back in 2016. Now, I, again, I don't know 100% the entire story. I'm just telling you guys the the same tweets you're reading, the same articles that you're reading. I don't have any like special insight. And for people wondering also, how did the Mets miss this when they were interviewing for general managers? Text messages between individuals are not something that bosses look at in the business world. You know, if I'm interviewing um, my dad for a job at my company, typically you're not going, unless you're working for like a government agency or something where you need clearance. You're typically not going through their text messages with other individuals and seeing what they're saying and what they're sending. That's just typically not how it goes. So there's really no, unless Jared comes out and tells them that this is happening or the Mets already got wind of it from ESPN, the Mets really, they they don't know that. You know, they see Jared Porter come in, they have no idea that that is even going on. Now, ESPN was running the story. They told Jared Porter they were running the story. And then uh, the Jared Porter told the Mets that that story was coming so they could get ready. And then the article comes out. Sandy Alderson comes out and says that this will not be tolerated. They will do a further investigation, as they should. They can't, in any situation, the 
A team cannot fire them on the spot like that. They cannot say, oh, ESPN said this happened, you're gone. They have to do, rightfully so, their own investigation to make sure that that article was valid. That's just how, that's how you have to do it. You can't, you, you know, you have to make sure that the article has validity to it before you automatically fire someone for it. And then uh, Sandy and Steve Cohen called Jared Porter. They talked about the situation. Jared Porter openly admitted, he admitted to Sandy Alderson and Steve Cohen that that happened and that it was real. And then the following morning, we all woke up the next morning with the tweet from Steve Cohen that Jared Porter was fired. And, and again, that was the right decision for the Nets. This is just a horrible situation for the female reporter involved. It's horrible for the Mets as an organization. It's just, but they did make, they made the right call firing Jared Porter. Now, what is next for the general manager search? <clears throat> the Mets said, or specifically Sandy said in the press conference that they will not, most likely not hire a general manager this year. They will tag team it. They will have input. The common belief was that Zach Scott, who is the assistant GM, would be, he was second in the running for the GM job. So in theory, everyone thought he gets bumped up to GM. But that's not going to be the case. He's going to stay assistant GM. Him and Sandy will make the decisions along with Steve Cohen. It's my understanding that Jared Porter was also not really involved much in terms of free agency. Sandy and Steve Cohen took care of free agency stuff while uh, Jared Porter was in charge of making the trades. That was my understanding. So now it looks like Zach Scott... Sandy Alderson and Steve Cohen will all work together in terms of free agency news or free agency signings and in terms of making trades for the organization. Again, horrible situation for the Mets, but at the end of the day, they made the right call. And hopefully, you know, MLB is now investigating to determine if a suspension is in order for Jared Porter, which would not allow him to work for any major league organization until his suspension is over. Should he get an assessment? get a suspension this is the right thing for the Mets to do all they have to do now is just move on and why I say move on is because something like this cannot become an off-field distra- or an on become an on-field distraction so we can't be sitting mid-July with the only thing to talk about the Mets is Jared Porter's inappropriate text that can't happen so hopefully we can move on from this hopefully this doesn't <clears throat> become more down the line for this uh but again well we'll see you know it's just a horrible thing a horrible horrible situation for the mess to be involved with but you know they made the right call they made the right call and hopefully as an organization as a fan base we don't let this become a distraction throughout the entire year but only the Mets only the Mets only the Mets would have a manager, on-field manager in Carlos Beltran last year that they fired before even managing a game because of the Houston Astros scandal. Now you got now the Mets also fire a GM before he can be in charge for a game. 37 days, I think, was the number that Jared Porter was employed. That's just ugh. It's ugly. Makes me mad. That's that's so Mets though, right? Ugh. Uh, whatever. We're going to move on. 
that's pretty much all that's going on in Mets land. The Mets add Joey Luchessi, Joey Luchessi, Casey, I keep butchering names, and Jared Porter is no longer our general manager. Ugh, that stinks. That does open the door, though, and a positive note, opens the door for potentially Theo Epstein coming next year, who just got hired by the commissioner's office, as we talked about last week. So, we'll see. However, in light, new, in light news... Lots and lots of free agency going. We're going to start with the New York Yankees. Corey Kluber threw for about 25 teams or so. The Mets were in on him, but the Yankees ultimately end up with Corey Kluber. This was a great addition for the Yankees rotation. They have uh, Kluber in. They got Severino coming back. You're looking at a 1-2-3 punch of Garrett Cole, Luis Severino, and Corey Kluber. Pos <coughs> Excuse me. Possibly still the chance of bringing back Masahiro Tanaka. So the Yanks, are, their rotation's looking good. You know, they bring they first bring in LeMahieu, bring back LeMahieu. Now they bring in Kluber. The Yankees are still going to compete for the American League pennant, just like they do every year. I don't know if I see them as a World Series favorite. I still, again, I still see the Dodgers as the World Series favorite, to repeat. I really do. But, you know, Yankees fans think that this move, you know, look at how good this 1-2-3 punch is of Cole, Seve, and Kluber. Well, look at the Mets' potential 1-2-3 punch in DeGrom, Strom, and Syndergaard. And then Carrasco. Look at the Nationals' three-headed monster with Scherzer, Corbin, and Strasburg. You know, other teams have that three-headed monster at the top of their rotation. So Yankees fans, calm down a little bit. This is a great get for the Yankees, don't get me wrong. But it's not a wow move. Next pitcher off the market is John Lester. John Lester, Mr. Primetime, as I like to call him as of about five seconds ago. He is heading to Washington, D.C. That rotation is starting to look very well, good as well. With, again, Scherzer, Corbin, Strasburg, and now you add John Lester to the mix. John Lester had a down year little bit of a down year last year but ever since being with the Cubs he has been magnificent including a second place Cy Young finish NLCS MVP in 2016 when he was with Boston when he was with Chicago when the lights are the brightest John Lester brings it every single time this is a great signing for the Nationals they're also the NL East, you know, a lot of people are saying the AL East is the division to watch this year with the Blue Jays coming up, and you got the Blue Jays, uh, Rays, Red Sox potentially if they can bounce back, and the Yankees, but the, the NL East is going to be just as fun to watch. You're going to have four of the five teams, real, actually five of the, all five teams in the playoff hunt. You know, I say the Marlins because they did make the playoffs last year, I don't think they'll be in that picture again this year. I still think they're a little bit away, but they got some. They got momentum on their side. But the Nationals, Phillies, Mets, and Braves, all are going to be neck and neck all year. You know, I still think that it's between the Mets and the Braves with the runner-up being a wild card. But Nationals and Phillies are going to be right there. That's going to be a exciting, exciting division to watch. And. With bringing in Lester, they've brought in Josh Bell. They've brought, they've made some great moves in D.C. Now, Anibal Sanchez, 
is set to throw for some teams, as well as Julio Tehran. Do they bring back Anibal Sanchez, who was great the past two years? Do they take a flyer on Julio Tehran, or do they go with some young guys? A lot of potential in DC. It's this is when the hot stove gets going. It gets you. It gets you excited for baseball, you know. And the Nationals making this type of move, bringing in a, a veteran guy like Lester, the Toronto Blue Jays making some big moves, Angels making moves, Mets making moves, White Sox teams that don't normally make moves making big moves is awesome. Speaking of Toronto. Toronto was busy the past couple days. First of all, they bring in Tyler Chatwood, which was a great addition to the, potentially their rotation or potentially a bullpen arm. Uh, their rotation right now is projected to be Hinjun Ryu, Nate Pearson, Tanner Roark, Trent Thornton, and Robbie Ray. That's not a so- that's a solid rotation. You know, they could also be in on an Anibal Sanchez or Julio Tehran. They've also been in the market on Trevor Bauer. Besides Ryu, I think they need another uh, another top of the rotation arm. Uh, maybe they do end up with a Bauer. Maybe they go again with a Tehran or a Anibal Sanchez. But things are looking really good in Toronto. They also signed Kirby Yates, so they got their closer. Kirby Yates battled elbow issue last year, which required surgery. However, the, he's been great the past couple years. He's been a bit of a late bloomer with the Padres. Uh, two years ago in 2019, he had an ERA almost under 1. Had a 1.19 ERA. Was 41 for 44 in save opportunities. Now they got their closer because Ken Giles will most likely be gone with Tommy John for 2021. They got Toronto. Things are looking good in Toronto. I like the direction Toronto's heading. They're they got a very, very young core group that they're building around, primarily Biggio, Craig Biggio, Bo Bichette, and Vlad Jr. But they got they got great, great upside coming in. I still think they need some help in the bullpen, maybe. They've been in on, maybe they bring in a Brad Hand, an Alex Colome. Uh Maybe they go out and get Trevor Bauer. Maybe they bring in James Paxton. You know, t- there's some, a lot, they need another innings eater in that starting rotation. Or they may take a shot with their young guys with Pearson and Thornton. But we'll see. And then the big move from the Blue Jays. Sorry, Mets fans, but the Blue Jays have brought in George Springer on a six-year, $150 million deal. As a Mets fan, it sucks. But at the end of the day, they've got Lindor. They added Carrasco. They got James McCann. They added Trevor May. As a Mets fan, yeah, it sucks they couldn't get Springer. But, you know what? With the moves the Mets have made, it's still been a very successful offseason. It sucks. They're still in on Bauer. They still could land Bauer. They still could land land Brad Hand. They still could land a guy like Jake Odorizzi. It stinks not getting George Springer. But I have no doubt that if they don't go after a guy like Jackie Bradley Jr. to man center field... I have no doubt that Nimmo can hold the fort down there in center field. I really, I don't have any doubt in that. But losing out on Springer sucks, but that is great, great for Toronto. You know, Springer has been, is arguably the best leadoff hitter in baseball. He has been amazing in the postseason. He's fourth all-time in home runs in the postseason. Just like Lester, when the lights are the brightest, he shines the most. 
He also is solid in center in center field. Not a defensive liability. He could also move to the corner outfield spot should they need him to. But Springer to Toronto. It was down to Toronto or New York. He ends up in Toronto. Sucks for Mets fans. Great for Blue Jays fans. I love, again, I love where the Blue Jays are going. Maybe bringing in Springer would entice Trevor Bauer a little more. Uh, I would love to see Trevor Bauer play with some former Astros. But losing Spring from an Astros standpoint... We'll talk about actually. We'll talk about the Astros in a minute. Uh, the next, but Springer to the Blue Jays. They add Kirby Yates. They add Tyler Chatwood. Blue Jays starting to finally spend some money. Uh, now they're going to try and focus their attention on getting Trevor Bauer and maybe some more bullpen help. But the next move, we're going to move to Minnesota. The Twins have signed Jay Happ on a one-year deal worth eight million. Nothing really. Shiny. Well, he'll join a rotation of Jose Barrios, Kenta Maeda, and Michael Pineda. The twi- uh, he'll be a he'll be a great innings eater. You know, he'll put up probably a high threes ERA, maybe a low four. Get you some. Get you be your innings eater. Save your bullpen. You know, you'll get a guy. You'll get a stretch where your bullpen has just been throwing all the time. Then you'll rely on Hap to kind of slow things down a little bit in the bullpen, give them some rest. So overall, it's a nice move. Not a, not a uh, sparkly move for at, by, uh, by any means. No discredit to Hap. But I think this is a nice little move for the Twins. You know, again, signing guys like Hap or Tyler Chatwood or bringing in a J- Joey Lucchesi by like the Mets, those are moves that potentially are, have low risk, low cost, that could potentially have great potential, could have great upside for their teams. Hap could potentially have great upside for the Twins. He got better as the year went on last year. He's consistent most of the time. Started a little sluggish in 2019, then found his groove. But again, this is one of those moves. I say it a lot, but it could really be one of those things where it's potentially a great reward for Minnesota. Another left-hander is off the market. Jose Quintana is heading to the LA Angels. The Angels have not been talked about for the type of postseason they've had. Or, excuse me, offseason they've had. They've had a great offseason. They make the trade for Rossiel Iglesias. They bring in Kurt Suzuki, a veteran catcher. They bring in now Jose Quintana, who has been one of the best innings eaters in baseball for the past couple years. This is a great get this is a great move for them. Uh now I still think they're an ace away. I they need an ace. They need a guy at the top rotation that says one game playoff, you're my guy. 100% I'm giving Joe Madden says 100% you're getting this ball. I think that's Trevor Bauer. Trevor Bauer I think ends up with either the Angels or the Mets. That's my personal opinion. I have no, you know, reports or anything to back that up. My just my thing is I think Trevor Bauer ends up with the Angels or the Mets. If the Angels could get Trevor Bauer, you know, after adding Rendon last year, they get a great potential veteran catcher in Suzuki. They get a great innings eater and quality arm in Quintana. They bring in Rossiel Iglesias to calm down that bullpen a little bit at the end of games. The Angels 
could potentially be in the mix for a wild card spot. With, of course, you know, you got Big Ben, Mike Trout out there in center field. You got the King, David Fletcher, that every, David Fletcher for MVP at second base. You could have Andrelton Simmons still at short. They could also they also got the Machine and Albert Pujols still there. Joe Adele's coming up, superstar. The Angels are certainly heading in the right direction, and they're finally starting to make moves to get Mike Trout back in the playoffs. He was in the playoffs back in, I believe it was 2014, the Angels were in the playoffs. First round exit to the Kansas City Royals. But Mike Trout in the playoffs is what baseball needs. Uh, they ha- they have the... lost my train of thought for a second. They're heading in the right direction. I still think they need an ace. I still think they could bring back a guy like Julio Tehran, bring in a guy like Anibal Sanchez, maybe bring in a Brad Hand, maybe bring in an Alex Colomay. Get maybe get Trevor Bauer. Trevor Bauer still the top free agent available besides JT Realmuto. But the Angels are you gotta love the direction the Angels are heading. And then the last little bit to talk about today is as we approach just over 25 minutes in this episode, the Houston Astros bring in Jason, bring back Jason Castro on a two-year deal for to do the catching duties. They also bring back Michael Brantley on a two-year deal. Originally, when Springer signed, it was reported shortly that morning after that Brantley was also heading to Toronto. And then Jeff Passon's like, no, 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 wait a minute. Brantley's not going to Toronto. And then it turns out he's staying in Houston for two more years. Uh, One of the most consistent hitters in baseball when he's been healthy, injuries have sucked out a lot of his career with Houston and Cleveland. But this was a huge keep for Houston. You lose Springer. Last year, you lost Garrett Cole. Next offseason, you potentially could lose Lance McCullers, Justin Verlander, Zach Granke, and Carlos Correa. So this was a big keep for Houston and and because if they lose Brantley and then they lose even two of those four guys next offseason... They look like a completely different team. Now, I know you have Irikidi and Christian Javier and other young up-and-coming superstars, but the Astros' window is in an awkward spot right now. They're still very much going to be in contention in that AL West with the Angels and with the A's in that wild-card mix, but they keeping Brantley was a step in the right direction. Maybe that entices some of those guys like McCullers, Verlander, Granke, and Correa to stay in Houston. Uh, Alex Bregman will potentially be a free agent soon. Obviously, you need to keep him if you're Houston, face your franchise at this point. But a lot a lot can change. You know, I think this is a great keep. Uh, Toronto, if Toronto added Michael Brantley, Toronto would have quickly flown to the top of potential threats to the Yankees and Rays in the AL East. But... He's, st- he's staying in Houston. The hot stove's heating up. We love to see it. And we're inter- And now it's time to see where Brad Hand, where JT Realmuto, where Trevor Bauer hopefully go. Hopefully Trevor Bauer signs soon. Hopefully JT Realmuto signs soon. Hopefully all these guys get homes. You know, when the hot stove is going, that's when baseball's offseason's at its best. It started off very slow, but this week picked up a lot. A lot of big names coming off the board. A lot of great moves being made. Finally. 
and now we'll see next week what happens. You know, what happens from now if someone else gets a new home or if the, if, uh, the, the Mets make another move. We'll see. But that's pretty much going to wrap it up for this episode of Raise the Apple. We talked about a lot from Jared Porter and that ugly situation to all the latest free agency signings that have happened the past week, including the biggest, perhaps, of George Springer heading north of the border with the Toronto Blue Jays. But again, that's going to wrap it up. Make sure you're following us on Twitter at RTA underscore pod. Make sure you subscribe to us, like, comment, share on YouTube. Make sure you're also subscribing on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. I keep, I've kept saying it the past couple times. It's coming soon, I promise. I almost got it fixed. But for now, we'll see you next time. Hopefully the Mets can bring in Trevor Bauer now that Springer's gone, but we'll see. Again, thank you for tuning in. Make sure you do all that good stuff. Subscribe, share, like, comment, and we'll see you next time. Let's go Mets.